0: Welcome to the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast from CBS Sports. One-one pitch, fastball pulled and smashed, Alvarez to the corner. Get up, Bob, get out! get out of here, get up. Got a fantasy question? Email fantasybaseball at cbsi.com. Get ready to win your league. Where fantasy becomes reality. Now, here's Adam, Scott, Heath, and Chris. flurry
1: Wednesday on June 12th. Welcome to Fantasy Baseball Today. I'm Adam Azer. Heath Cummings, how are you today, in general?
0: Oh, I am fantastic. It's a great day. Um, Really good. You ready for the
1: Stanley Cup Finals tonight? Game 7?
0: Is that tonight? It's tonight. Okay. Um, You're in. I don't think I have anything going on tonight. Beautiful. Maybe I will try to turn it on. You are in. I don't think it'll stay on if I turn it on, but I'll try. Oh, it
1: will stay on. Believe me. Now... I did watch some soccer yesterday. Hey, you know what? I should have said something because because if the men had been playing, I would have been all about it. I really am all all about the women. I mean, it wasn't that exciting because I knew they were going to crush them. But
0: what do you mean it wasn't go. that exciting? It was the best soccer game I've ever seen. They scored thirteen <laughs> goals, and no one could say they were running the score up because that's one of the tiebreakers: is how many goals you score. Yeah, so they just kept going. It was fantastic—the best soccer game ever.
1: No, well, hopefully they'll be a little bit more hotly contested. But way to go, USA! Let's get the let's get the win there. Okay, uh, so today's worryometer Wednesday, and I don't have Trevor Bauer on the worryometer. We have more pressing concerns. He is in the notes, but every time he pitches, we're going to talk about him. Are we ready to drop Chris Archer, Jose Quintana, Mike Fulton-Evich? Uh I had a nice night with my Fab. I want to talk about that because it's about me, and I have a great quote of the day. Bryce Harper's on the worryometer. Let's start though with Tuesday standouts. Anybody you are just dying to talk about right now?
0: Yeah, and it's not who you think it is. It's Hunter Pence. Oh, his 14th home <laughs> run yesterday, scored three runs, walked three times. Over the last 28 days, he is the number nine outfielder in fantasy. You know who's the hottest hitter in all of the world, Austin Meadows? Hunter Pence has been better over the last month. He's been better than Mookie, Mookie Betts, too. I think we're going to have to take him a little bit more seriously than we have so
1: far. Okay, he is in my hot hitters segment. Did you see his home run last night? It was it was an inside the park cheapy. Uh, it was a home run. It was an inside the park cheapy. It was so cheap it couldn't even get over the pesky pole. But it's a broader point. Yes, he is batting 284. Uh There is one concerning trend I'm seeing right now with Hunter Pence. In the month of June, he's batting two fifty five. He just hit. Look at that home run. Like that's it. That's beautiful. So so Brock Holt was playing right field, and yes, we have the video on our video show. By the way, um, again, all the way around the bases. Brock Holt's play that nobody is even getting the ball. Go to the ball. He could have gone. He could have gone around twice. He could have. It is such sloppy effort. Brock Holt was playing because Ben and got thrown out, and Brock Holt just sits there and just like look. I, I don't. Know if, I don't think he got hurt. I didn't read anything about him getting hurt on that play. Anyway, um, one concerning trend for Pence that I think we need to keep an eye on. He struck out only 19 times of May. in May. He's already struck out 14 times in June. For someone that we don't expect to keep it up all year, you know, it's just something to keep an eye on. I'm totally with you, though. I I'd picked him up in one league, and I haven't taken him out of my lineup. I wish I'd picked him up in more. He and Tommy Listella. who knew? Uh, I got standouts, but they're all in the notes, so we'll get to them. They're that. not
0: as good as Hunter Pence.
1: They did not hit a cheap home run. You're... Jordan Alvarez actually did hit a cheapy home run last night. I don't know if you saw that one.
0: Uh, you mean my Jordan Alvarez, because he's not your Jordan Alvarez, because you missed him on waivers.
1: I put in a claim. Waivers, I confirmed. I have to apologize to Jamie, by the way. He made me apologize, so I apologize. Um, waivers reset in that league, so every week, based on standings, waivers reset. Which I hate. Which is I really hate. You know, we had the discussion on the football show about whether or not Because Jamie was mad at me on the football show. So whether or not waivers should reset. And what I mean by that is, all right, so maybe, Heath, you can help me out. Explain this, right? So waivers. Basically,
0: at the beginning of each week, waivers the waiver order is the reverse standings order. So the worst team in the league has first priority, the best team in the league. And then throughout the week, if you make a claim, you go to the back of the line. But then on Sunday night... They reset again before the claims go through. And I don't like that. I understand why it is. I think it's pretty much the same way in the NFL. I'm not sure exactly about MLB. I just don't like it.
1: Well, I know in MLB, if a guy gets put on waivers, like after the trade deadline, you know, in August, the worst record in the NL or AL, depending on which league that player is in, right. gets priority. And, and I
0: know why we do that in baseball, but the most frustrating thing is, in fantasy baseball is that there are far more interesting players becoming available on waivers than there are during a baseball season. Yeah. And when you are in the lead in a rotisserie league and every week, the guy a couple spots behind you that's chasing you gets priority over you every single week until he passes you in the standings.
1: I, I think I think since football is more of a week to week ad drop thing, and baseball is more of a year to year, uh, day to day, excuse me. I think I've now come to the point where I would probably support weekly waivers in football, but not in baseball. Because uh, you are making ad drops. Yeah, I don't all,
0: support it at all. all period. The
1: time. Well, the truth is, everybody, it, Fab is just the best. But fab leagues, you know, American. you don't want every league to be fab. It's, it could be a little much, I think, but fab is the best. Okay, so uh, I don't have any standouts to get to right now. Uh, let's talk about this group of pitchers. Would you drop any of these guys? Are you ready to drop them? It doesn't have to be a blanket drop, but someone interesting comes up, uh, like A.J. Minter maybe. He's back. He might be closing for the Braves. They give up a run yesterday. Uh, Chris Archer. Jake Arietta, Jose Quintana, and Mike Fultanevich, four pitchers who are all owned in about 90% of leagues. Archer, 5 home runs allowed yesterday. Arietta, Quintana, Fultanevich. Ready to drop them?
0: I actually was doing my research this morning and almost sent you a text said we should do a segment called maybe they suck. <laughs> and it was with three of these four pitchers. So I am glad that we were on the same page. It's just a little bit nicer.
1: I know who the one guy who I put in the ready-to-drop-slash-do-they-suck, whatever it's called, that you didn't is Jose Quintana. You wouldn't drop Quintana.
0: That's not true. I didn't think of putting Jake Arietta in the maybe-they-suck oh, section right. because I thought we'd already decided that he did.
1: Well, um, we sort of have—fantasy owners have it because he's, he's owned in 92% of leagues. He is a two-star right. pitcher next week at Washington and Miami, but Jake Arietta is the number 48 starting pitcher in points leagues. And that's his better format. I can't even imagine where he is in Roto Leagues, where his 145 whip is clearly dragging him down. But go ahead, Archer, Arietta Quintana, and Fulte.
0: I'm not spite-dropping any of these pitchers. There would have to be someone that I was actually excited about adding for me to drop these guys. But I would drop pretty easily Jake Arietta. I would drop relatively easily Mike Fultonevich. I would drop painfully... Chris Archer and I would not drop Jose Quintana. I think he's going to be okay. He's been up and down and up and down this year, but he pitches on a very good team, and I still expect him to be an above-average starting pitcher in fantasy over the rest of the season.
1: So wait, can you? All right, Quintana's is the last one you're going to drop. You're not going to drop him. Can you kind of right. sum up what you said again? Fultonevich, evich
0: and Arietta, basically goodbye. There's someone exciting. I want. I will take them. Thank you. Bye.
1: Arietta. <laughs> yeah, Arietta. I agree. I don't. I sort of want to see one, maybe two more starts from Fulton Evitch because it, he had – it's three quality starts in his last five. It's not totally useless. He's had a home run problem. He missed a lot of right. time. I, I want to give him a like, little bit more leash.
0: I I went a little too far with the Trevor Bauer fooled you last, <laughs> last week. But if ever there was a candidate – For a season long fooled you, it was Mike Fultonevich, and he didn't fool me. I didn't ever he was on every bus list that I had this year. I didn't ever think he was going to be as good as he was in twenty eighteen. He's just not that good. He might be fine. He might be someone that you want to use on a two start week or a one start week against the Marlins. He might even have a good stretch like Julio Turan has. He's better than Julio Turan, I think. But he's not that good.
1: Okay. Okay. And then Archer you would painfully drop. Okay. Yeah, like Archer, I was worried about his velocity. It appears to have climbed back up because he gave up four home runs in one inning and three of them came on 95 or 96 mile per hour fastballs. What Archer said after the game was, I'm throwing the ball right down the middle. Doesn't matter how your stuff is if you throw the ball right down the middle. Um, there were some encouraging signs with Archer. I started him last night. You know, everybody knows how I feel and how I felt about Archer. Uh Look, if starting pitcher were so deep and there were great players out there, it'd be an easy call. But I, I still think I'm hanging on to him. I'm not. I wonder if he's just trying to sure pitch so why. bad
0: that the Pirates don't pick up his option.
1: <laughs> I hope that's not the case. He's a like competitor. we saw how he's bad, like how
0: much better Garrett Cole when he le- got when he left. We saw how much better Tyler Glass now got when he left. Chris Archer's gotten worse in Pittsburgh.
1: You know Maybe what's he's funny? Just, just trying to get out. You remember the Ray Searage? We used to talk about Ray Seerage. Like yeah. he was, you know, he was God's gift to pitching. And it's uh hasn't really worked. Uh Tyone needs to get traded so he can win a Cy Young. Okay, today's sponsors are Seek Geek and Omaha Steaks. You gotta listen to our Omaha Omaha Stakes ads because Father's Day is coming up Father's Day excuse me coming up. My first Father's Day, Heath. Hooray. Um and we got a great offer for you. If you go to OmahaStakes.com, type FBT in the search bar. You'll see. the It's unbelievable. Uh, and SeatGeek. Love SeatGeek. They've been sponsoring us for years. Very appreciative of all of our sponsors. The promo code for SeatGeek for your first purchase is FANTASY to get $10 off. Promo code FANTASY on SeatGeek. News and notes. Uh, so the Braves did recall A.J. Minter. He did pitch yesterday. I believe that they only played eight innings. So Luke Jackson did not come in for a save. Uh, Anthony
0: Swarzak got a safe.
1: Yeah, Swarzak relieved Minter. But I only I but again that was the eighth inning. Momo's positive. So I wouldn't look too much into that. Swarzak stinks anyway. I think Swarzak allowed Minter's run. If I Swarzak
0: did allow a hit and Minter did allow a run. Yeah. But that's so the only that's, the only part of that
1: I can confirm. I think that's what happened. <laughs> but you know, are you picking up AJ Minter is really the question.
0: I am not picking up A.J. Mentor yet unless it's one of those leagues that's relatively deep and saves are extremely scary. Yeah. I'm trying to think of a guy like is, I guess, the the guy I would use, and this guy's ownership is probably going to go up after the last couple of days, but is Ian Kennedy owned in your league? If he is, then I'm considering picking up Minter.
1: Ian Kennedy is the closer for the Royals, right? I mean, can we say that?
0: As far as the, the Royals have one.
1: Okay. Uh, Bigger news than this mentor thing is Corey Seager hurt his hamstring and he could miss a lot of time, perhaps about six weeks. So that happened real late last night and Corey Seager rounding the bases. Oh, there he is. I love all this video. This is great, but I don't like seeing that. Corey Seager limping and uh, Chris Taylor and Enrique Hernandez could see time at shortstop. Hopefully you've got like I just got Tatis back in one league, and I lost Seager in that same league, so I can plug Tatis in. So hopefully you're in a situation where shortstop's deep enough, but uh, Corey Seager out. Brandon Belt, day-to-day with a neck issue. Yohan Moncada day-to-day. Josh Donaldson suspended one game. He did homer yesterday. Donaldson is appealing the suspension. Joey Gallo making good progress, I would guess, about two weeks away for Gallo. I could be wrong on that, but it doesn't seem like one of those terrible oblique injuries. Austin Meadows is day-to-day with a sore leg. He will almost certainly sit today, so you're going to want to get Meadows out of your lineup. Just saw this note earlier today. Luke Voigt has 30 home runs in 102 games since being acquired by the Yankees. Yesterday, I believe, was the one-year anniversary of his demotion. And Voigt, now 30 home runs in... uh, Now it's 103 games after last night, if he played last night in the second game of the doubleheader. I honestly don't remember. He did. He did play okay. So 103 games, 30 homers. Ryan McMahon started against a lefty. Uh, Now he just has to start hitting again. (laughs) And Kevin Gosman is on the I.L. with plantar fasciitis, and we're going to talk about some replacement pitchers that you might want to pick up. Maybe you want to give Sean Newcomb another chance. Uh, We've got a couple guys coming up from the minors to pitch today. We'll talk about that. Heath, you're not happy that Luke Voigt is going to be an all-star, are you? Or is it the the starter uh, thing? We need to clarify. Luke Voigt should be an all-star.
0: First base in the American League is pretty terrible, and he's been good enough. He's definitely been one of the top four first basemen in the American League. And when I sent the tweet, all I said was, congratulations to Scott, whose bold prediction was that Luke Voigt would be the AL all-star starter because Voigt is currently in first place in the all-star voting. He just doesn't deserve it at this point in time. Carlos Santana has been better. You could make the argument that Voight has been the fourth best first baseman in the American League. And I don't really think you could make the argument that he's been the best.
1: You're right. Santana has been better. And Edwin Encarnacion now has 21 home runs. Edwin Encarnacion is a top five first baseman. That is sneaky, Heath. <laughs> Did you realize and, that?
0: And I, and I think there's a little bit of argument to be made between Voight and Mancini.
1: Uh, Sure. Sure. Voight, I mean, Voight, Mancini's got him by a mile in batting average. Voight is walking, has walked twice as many times, so Voight's got him 28 points in on base. But Mancini's slugging 536, and Voight is slugging 504. So um, I think you're right. I think it's a good point. And it's not like Voight is good defensively. So Santana should probably be starting. But you know the way they're doing it is this does not determine the starters, I believe. This determines the runoff for the starters. I think the top three vote-getters have like a one-day runoff, and those votes then determine the starter. And
0: that is not near as egregious as the fact in the National League, Ozzie Albies is currently leading over Mike Moustakas at second base, because that's not even particularly close. Mike Moustakas should be the starting second baseman for the National League All-Star team.
1: Yes. Yes. However, that's probably—Ozzie Albies is probably the the second best second baseman in the National League. Now, Cattell Marte has been better than him and Javier Baez has been better than him and Max Muncy have been better than him.
0: I think Baez is player. a Baez is a shortstop in the voting. I right. don't I think Marte is a second he, baseman in the voting.
1: Is he? Cuz he's been an outfielder. So that's, well, that's what I was going to say. I don't know. I, I, I didn't know about the voting. Okay, well, that's a look at your all-star ballot. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, I'm going to tell you why last night was such a fabulous night for me. Very excited to talk about myself after this on Fantasy Baseball Today. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Heath, you know there are those nights where you make your waiver claims or your – this is a weekly fab league for me. It's actually twice a week, but uh, Tuesday and Wednesday night. And you just – please, let me get my guys. And I got my guys. I got all three of them. So the reason why I'm talking about it is because I actually do think this will be helpful for a lot of people, so – Uh, I had a $250 budget, and I had $148 remaining. I added A.J. Pollock. A.J. Pollock is probably a couple of weeks away from returning from an elbow infection. Uh, Dave Roberts said that he is going to be the center fielder, even though Verdugo has been better. Basically, everybody's been better than Pollock. Pollock got off to a terrible start. Verdugo, though, uh, Verdugo has not homered since April 24th, and he has gone 10 straight games without an extra base hit, so he hasn't really been that great. Pollock's on the way back, and he is like sixty-five percent owned. Heath, so I I dropped Kyle Tucker for AJ Pollock. I'd like to own both, but I figure if I'm gonna bench a hitter, like if I'm gonna if I'm gonna stash a hitter that's not giving me anything, it, I think it should be Pollock over Tucker. So, uh, do you think AJ Pollock needs to be uh, added? Begin- people need to begin to get him back in the fold here.
0: I th- they do in a deeper league. I'm not sure in a three outfielder league he's going to matter.
1: I mean, he was a top 100 pick, or eh, top 120 pick for sure. He was obviously right. really bad, but the best of A.J. Pollock is a must-start player, regardless of format. For
0: sure, for sure. Um, it's just, he's been so many different guys over the last three-plus seasons. I don't know exactly who 2019 A.J. Pollock is, and the only 2019 A.J. Pollock I've seen has been bad. Uh, that is true. I I don't think he's really going to run that much if he runs at all. He hasn't yet.
1: Okay. Um, he's got, I mean, I expect a 265 batting average in power and runs. And the power stats. part
0: is the part we don't – I don't know. He's His career high is 21 home runs.
1: He's always hurt, but sure. Uh, Matt Strom is another guy I picked up. He's 64% owned. Like Matt Strom was bad in his first start. He was bad in his last start against the Marlins. Then he went on the IL. I have to figure those are somewhat related. In between, he had a 253 ERA, 49 strikeouts, and 53 and a third. Now, you know, the, he's not that good. But Matt Strom, I picked up. I dropped Marcus Stroman. Approved the move. If you're not starting
0: Stroman right now, then yes, I think Strom will probably be better. It's like He's not that good, but he's also thrown 178 innings in the major leagues. He's got a 3.280 ADRA, and he struck out 9.7 per nine. He's pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think I, I think you want to own Matt Strom. 64% own, and the injury is not a long-term thing. I mean, I think there's a chance he's back this weekend. And then the other guy now owned Brendan McKay in four leagues. <laughs> uh, that was a $2 bid for McKay for me, a $5 bid for Strom, a $9 bid for Pollock. Uh, nobody's on Brendan McKay. He's 23% owned. He has been so good in the minors. Now, he's basically only pitched at Double I think he's made three starts at AAA. But it's career 197 ERA, a .83 whip, a great walk-to-strikeout ratio. He looks like a can't-miss pitcher for the Rays. Um, I don't know, by the way, if McKay is eligible at starting pitcher on Yahoo or ESPN. In my Yahoo League, I picked him up, and he's only first-base eligible, I think, right now. I think that'll change. But in CBS, he's he's SP eligible. It, am I crazy? Like for picking up McKay everywhere? Uh, you know, are you sure
0: this isn't one of those things where they have two Brendan McKay's and you picked up the wrong one?
1: I looked again. I, you're <laughs> yeah, you're talking about Yahoo, because they do have two Otanis. Right. Uh, I don't think so. But this is a that great would be it's fantastic. a great question. We're gonna you... We're gonna get to the bottom of that. But do you think Brendan uh, McKay is is among the next guys up?
0: I don't know, but that was the information that we received on Sunday's show, and I'm willing to just trust that, that he is. I don't know what his inning situation is like. He's thrown 56 so far this year. He threw 78 last year. He's never thrown more than 109, and that was in college. So I, I don't know what the inning situation is at all.
1: Okay. But, yeah, he's good. All right, we gotta we gotta see if I picked up the wrong Brendan McKay. It's the same guy, but sometimes Yahoo gets a little funky. Here's your quote of the day: a quote from AJ Hinch, Astros manager. I could not see Yelich hit again, and I'd be fine. He's really good. Yeah, that sums it up. Yelich is the number one hitter in fantasy. He's batting 346 with 25 home runs and 14 steals. Can you believe what Christian Yelich is doing? And now the plate discipline is amazing. 39 walks to 45 strikeouts. Uh, I mean, it's it's incredible, Heath.
0: Yeah, I, I, I was totally wrong thinking he wouldn't be quite as good as he was last year. He's been even better. We didn't think he could maintain a 35% home run to fly ball ratio. He's got a 36.2% home run to fly ball ratio. I still don't really think he can keep that up, but he's still going to be awesome, so it doesn't matter.
1: Okay, typing in McKay here. Brendan McKay. No, I've got him. He's the only guy. He's only first base eligible. Okay. Whew. Yeah, Yelich is great. We, you know, you're so I asked Chris, I think yesterday, where he would take Mookie Betts, and I think he said fourth behind Trout, Yelich, and Bellinger. What would be your top four right now? Um uh
0: <sighs> Betts Trout Yelich.
1: What the hell is the matter with you? Can't you just please put Mike Trout ahead of Mookie Betts?
0: Like, it's so easy to do. Just do it. Today is my rankings update day. Maybe I'll do it today.
1: Like Mike Trout, I mean, ESPN had an article about Trout and Bellinger and how they've cut down their strikeouts. Mike Trout now has more walks than strikeouts. Like, it's like every time this guy has a weakness, he fixes it. it, it I'm not sure that Bellinger is still
0: like, – his numbers for the year are still that great. I'm not sure if he's still in that. Like, he's cooled off considerably. Has he? I think over the last 28 days, he's the number 17 first baseman in fantasy.
1: Oh, wow. Well, I Um, mean, it's a slump, right? But he's still the number two hitter in fantasy.
0: Well, yeah, he was so much better than everyone else beforehand. I don't think he's really striking out more, which is good. But, like, since the start of May... And may that may be a little bit too early. He's hitting two eighty three with an eight ninety OPS. That's pretty good. That's no, that's really good, but that's not like top three so, in baseball.
1: So your top four was what then? It was Betts, Trout, Yelich, Bellinger. I, that's what I
0: was trying to think of. Who would be number four? It's probably Arenado.
1: Could be Arenado. I would still take Bellinger. I mean Bellinger's got seven steals and twelve attempts. He's got eligibility at two positions, first base and outfield. Uh, but I would take I would take Trout one, Yelich two, Bellinger three, and then maybe Betts four, but but Mike Trout has scored forty-four more fantasy points than Mookie Betts, and he's played fewer games. I just I just think you should consider that. Uh all right, let's do the worryometer here. I'm a little worried about Heath for keeping Mookie Betts ahead of Mike Trout, but you know what? Like it is what it is. It's a 10 on the Worryometer. Uh zero to ten. I crowdsourced this. I asked the people who they wanted to hear about, so they want to hear about Bryce Harper. Bryce Harper going into yesterday was the number seventeen outfielder in points leagues and number thirty in Roto, where you don't get credit for the walks. His strikeout rate is through the roof. He had a two fifteen ISO going into the game. It's actually pretty low for him. Um, Bryce Harper, zero to ten on the Wariometer. I've got him ranked fourteenth and so I I think
0: that's obviously a pretty high concern because he was a top six or seven outfielder coming into the year. I guess I would have him somewhere right around a six on the worryometer. The strikeouts just aren't getting any better, and' that's, it's going to be hard for him to be first round worthy with that kind of
1: strikeout rate. Yeah, I mean, I looked at like last year, June and July last year, he struck out 68 times in 49, 49 games and had a 764 OPS. June and July. Uh, August and September, he struck out 52 times in 55 games. Much, much better rate. And a 962 OPS, which is terrific. Uh, Only nine home runs, but still was really good. Uh, He's so hard to judge, Heath, because he's been a guy, Bryce Harper, who's been different players throughout his career. I still think at the end of the year, you're going to get more than 30 home runs, more than 100 RBIs, and a ton of runs, and a great OBP. I, I still have. Faith yeah, I think in all
0: that. those things are probably true. He's just not quite a top ten
1: outfielder. Okay, uh, worryometer on Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Zero to ten. Five. Like it
0: for the most part, he's probably been about. He's had a little bit of bad bad batted ball luck. He hasn't walked quite as much as he did in the minors. He struck out quite a bit more, but not a lot for a major league hitter right now. It's just he's in a really bad lineup, so I'm not sure you're going to get great run production numbers. He's not going to steal, and the home run numbers have just been okay.
1: What do you make of his 33.9 percent fly ball rate? That's very it's very low. Not a lot of fly balls for a power hitter, and he you know he had always been more ground balls and fly balls in the minors, but I mean this is very low.
0: Well, I think the thing is, if you have a 33% ground fly ball rate and you have a 25 plus percent line drive rate, then you're fine. That, that's if some of those got balls that are not fly balls are just line drives. And that's kind of what we expected. And that's what he's been most of his career. He's had a line drive rate 22, 23% or higher. It's 8%, 18% right now. It's such a small sample size that can be pretty wonky. I'm not too worried about it yet. But it is going to prevent him from being a great hitter if it stays at these ratios.
1: Yeah. And it, it, I mean, obviously the future's really bright for Vlad, but early struggles. All right. Zach Wheeler, zero to 10 on the worryometer for Wheeler.
0: I guess we can't use the it's only against the Nationals thing anymore because it happened against the Yankees. Uh, for the most part, I think Zach Wheeler is going to be a top 30 starting pitcher rest of the season. I'm not particularly concerned, so I'll say a two.
1: Yeah. I, I'm also not concerned about Zach Wheeler. Some bad luck yesterday. Some bloops that found some grass. Uh, Four unearned runs, but still five earned runs. Two homers allowed. One of the home runs came after an error. That should have been the third out. Uh, What I like about Wheeler is that his previous 11 starts, he had gone seven or more innings in eight of them. He goes really deep into games. He's one of the hardest throwers in baseball. The swinging strike rate's been really good. The strikeouts are up. They're, I think... I think he's pretty good. I I like him too. But the only thing I would take uh, maybe issue with is really just top thirty. You know, is he not top twenty? Wheeler, and that's a lot for a well, guy met- who is and, and Maybe that's RA. why he
0: wasn't on my worryometer because I've never. And maybe and I think some people might have at the beginning of the year. He's been ranked somewhere between twenty five and thirty for me almost all year long. Okay, and so that's still I. I don't—he's 25th right now before today's ranking. He's probably going to fall behind Brandon Woodruff. But other than that, yeah, he's he's right in that range. Maybe behind Soroka, too, maybe 27th. All right,
1: next up on the Worryometer after Zach Wheeler is uh, the guy who pitched later that night, James Paxton. James Paxton did not make it out of the third inning. Gave up seven hits, six runs, two walks, and a strikeout against the Mets. And uh, he has two starts next week against the Rays and the Astros at home. Uh zero to ten worryometer on Paxton.
0: Seven. Like, and this is where what we thought about them before the year definitely comes into play. Cause I still think Paxton I still have him ranked ahead of Wheeler. I'd still rather own him than Wheeler. But I was hoping he was going to be a low end ace coming into the year. He has not thrown even five innings since April. Uh, he has had no, some injury concerns right. in the past. Oh, he well, has had home run problems in the past.
1: Yeah. I, I'm i worried. So I'm not really worried about anything other than his knee. And he's pitching with a brace. And Paxton said, I don't think that's an issue. This is just a little bit of a rough stretch right now. I've got to get back to work and figure out what I need to do to help this team win. Uh, there was a, a time just before he went on the IL where he had two starts, 14 innings, Five hits, no runs, two walks, 24 strikeouts against Boston and Kansas City. Remember the game against Chris Sale. He, he just was electric, and that's what I thought he was going to be. The ironic thing is, going into yesterday's start, he had a, a .34 ERA at home and a six eighty six ERA on the road. People were worried about Paxton because his numbers away from Safeco last year weren't very good. They were worried about him going to Yankee Stadium. Well, that hasn't been a factor. I don't think that is a factor at all. I'm very confident in his performance. His ERA went up from 3.11 to 4.04 yesterday, and this is after two bad starts. I mean, like his his numbers look great, just the innings weren't there. I just think that was yeah. I, I just think that was kind of weird and fluky. But now with the e- knee injury, and remember I mentioned his first start off the IL, he only pitched four innings, but he would, they were great. Um, they they cha- you know, they kind of dug around the mound to give him a softer landing spot for his knee. So I cannot. Just ignore the knee brace. I cannot ignore the knee. That is what concerns me about Paxton, and that's why he was some guy that somebody that I had actively been trying to buy low on. After this start, for me, I'm very cautious with injuries, and sometimes if you it bites look at me his and I won't do it. Now.
0: It's just it's just been three starts, and he may just be fine after this. But in the three starts since he came back from the IL, he has a 23% strikeout rate, a 13% walk rate. The last two years before this season, 28 and 32 percent. So right around 30 percent strikeout rate. So that's down considerably, and a six or seven percent walk rate. That's almost doubled. Yeah, he's just not good if he's pitching like this.
1: Yeah, he looked terrible yesterday. So, I I am, I think there is concern about Paxton. Uh, for me, it's mostly the knee. And obviously, look, I was so concerned about Chris Sale that I refused to make bilo offers on him because I thought. He might go on the IL. He might be out for a while. This may be something serious. So just know that I am a very I y'all play scared. I do when it comes to injuries. Yep. I don't want to give up a lot for a guy that's hurt. And it uh, sometimes I it works, sometimes got, it doesn't.
0: A lot lower than I ever had dropped sale. Uh,
1: understandable. Uh, Patrick Corbin zero to ten on the worryometer. I got some quotes after the game from Patrick Corbin, but um, he got. See if these quotes make me feel better. Okay, what, what, do you, have, you want to give the 0 to 10? Well, I was going
0: to give the number after the quotes. Okay. I, I don't know how the quotes are going to influence my, my Worryometer number.
1: Okay, you say the word influence very oddly, but here we go. This is all from the Washington Post. Everyone wants to talk about my slider and how effective it is, but it really can't be without fastball command. Uh, it starts with my fastball. Even if the slider is the pitch I want to get to, I'm just not locating right now. I don't know. I feel good overall. I'm close to getting it all back to normal. And then another note, not a quote, from the Washington Post, he threw his four seam fastball fewer than he has all season in the last two starts, basically trimming his arsenal down to a slider and a sinker, which is also referred to as a two-seam fastball. So has has Corbin become predictable? Quote, No, I throw four seamers more to lefties and recently have faced righty heavy lineups, end quote. So there's been this thing where some guys some players on his own team had said, or at least player and coach, the slider doesn't seem to be as effective right now. Corbin says that's because of his fastball command. If that's true, then it would kind of quell my fears a little bit with Corbin. Where are you on the worryometer? Zero to ten.
0: I would say a four or a five, just because we had some concerns coming into this year. Last year was really the only year he'd been anywhere close to that good. Had a thirty percent strikeout rate for the first time in his career, had never been over twenty one percent. His walk rate was down. Both those things have kind of reversed. He's giving up a lot of hard contact. When you look at the effectiveness of the slider, last year he had a 53.6% whiff rate on that pitch. This year it's 48%, which is still really good. Last year he had a 190 WOBA. This year it's 207. That's still really, really good. His sinker, he needs to stop throwing it. He is really like I I know he's cut the four seamer down, and it's not been a very good pitch either. (laughs) But the sinker is just getting lit up.
1: Yeah. Well, the what he said, uh, as I mentioned, I know you heard it, but just in case you didn't, uh, he throws the four seamer more to lefties, and recently he's faced two right-handed heavy lineups, and that's where he throws the two seamer. But is it that the two seamer so bad, or is it that he's not locating it? You know, if it's just a if it's just the command issue, then I think better days are certainly ahead for Patrick Corbin, and that would be somebody that I'd want to buy low on.
0: Yeah. I mean. He throws the slider more than he throws anything else, but he has thrown the, last year he threw the slider forty one percent of the time. This year it's down to thirty-six point eight percent, and that is his best bit.
1: This is the, philosophically though, is why guys with smaller arsenals are riskier. If one pitch goes bad, you're in a lot of trouble. He can't locate well, his fastball. And right like
0: now. even his curveball, which he doesn't throw very often, he threw 10% of the time last year or 9.3, and he's cut that in half to four. He's just made his arsenal even smaller.
1: So where is he in your rankings? Where where will he be later today, Patrick Corbin? Uh,
0: I, he will still be ahead of Trevor Bauer. Um, he's going to be somewhere right in that Luis Castillo mix.
1: Okay. Uh, Shohei Otani was another guy on the Worryometer. He homered yesterday. He's very bad against lefties. I sat him this week because there are more lefties to come. Let's keep an eye on Shohei Otani. I wish he were running. Uh, Heath, I'm just going to wrap it up. I'm going to give Otani a 6 because, you know, the struggles against lefties have continued. And if he can't hit lefties and he doesn't steal, then I don't think Otani needs to be owned in 91% of leagues. But keep him for now, and we'll see what happens. In a weekly league, I'd give him a 9. Okay, fair enough. Uh, When we come back... We'll talk about Jordan Alvarez. We'll talk about some new pitching options. We got some of your emails. We're going to play the welcome back music for a bunch of players. Eloy Jimenez is home three times in his last four games. David Bodie doesn't even need to start to be good. That's how right Heath was about David Bodie. That's coming up next on Fantasy Baseball Today. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Jordan Alvarez has played two games, and he has homered twice. So where are you going to put him in your updated rankings, Heath? Definitely
0: a top forty outfielder. I'm not sure that he'll get into the top thirty, but uh, this is what this guy does. He rakes.
1: Yeah, it's impressive. And, the, the, it, cheap, like, what a cheap homer, though. Look at that cheap. Uh, whoa! Don't Did I really me. just say I don't that? Ever
0: <laughs> want Mr. Yankees fan to ever say cheap homer again for the rest of his life? Ninety percent of your team's home runs are cheap homers. That's true. I'm sorry for
1: cursing, by the way. Uh, look at that cheap home run. Wow. Uh, all right. So we had an email from Max in Atlanta who wants to know. In a 10-team, 6-outfielder Roto League, should he have Conforto or Alvarez? He has to drop one of them.
0: I think I'd still rather have Michael Conforto. There is there is still some risk that Alvarez will not be in the major leagues in six weeks, even with his two home runs in two games. And Conforto is a guy that you just start and don't think about it.
1: If you look at this list that we have up here of the last five players to homer in their first two career games— and uh, this is a list I got from Christopher Kamka of NBC Sports Chicago. Uh, it's Jordan Alvarez. First two home runs in his first career games. Uh, first two games. Jordan Alvarez, Francisco Arcia, Aaron Judge, Trevor Story, and Joey Gallo. I don't I, know that any Francisco of them Francisco
0: ha- Arcia, ha- is the date wrong there?
1: Uh, Maybe. It must be wrong. That was... I, uh, no, no. 2018. Okay. But, okay. For, not Orlando. Francisco Garcia. No, I know. All right. Well, that's that's what the guy tweeted. I'm almost positive. But anyway, I don't think nope. any of them had good seasons. Aaron Judge was terrible in his, not his exactly rookie season, but the first season that he played. Trevor Story was good because of Corus Field. Joey Gallo, I don't think he was very good his first season. But Alvarez, I think, is more ready than those guys. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think he is. Um... I think he's going to be good as long as he stays in the majors. I was not uh, doubting the Ants, the Francisco Arcea date so much as doubting um, me not remembering him.
1: <laughs> okay, I, I'm with you. Uh, do we have some new pitching options? We're going to go through the remaining segments fairly quickly here just so we can get to a lot of stuff. Do we have some new pitching options? We have Sean Newcomb, who may start against Philadelphia this week with Gosman on the IL. Obviously, Dallas Keuchel could fit into a role there eventually. Jordan Yamamoto is going to start for the Marlins today. Mitch Keller is going to start for the Pirates today. And the Phillies have an opening in their rotation. Jared Eikoff is moving to the bullpen. They haven't decided what they're going to do yet. Vince Velasquez may be an option. I don't know. I think he's been pretty good in middle relief. Uh, but do we have any new pitching options that you're interested in with Newcomb, Yamamoto, Keller, and maybe a Philly? I think Keller
0: should just be in the Pirates rotation. I do believe that he's interesting. He's someone I would be looking to pick up in a league where I was desperate for pitching. And then the other one that's interesting, and I've always been a big fan of his, it's Sean Newcomb. He has been an absolute stud since he was recalled. In his last outing, he worked his way up to four and two-thirds innings, struck out six batters. He's made 16 appearances since being recalled and has a 1.42 ERA with 21 strikeouts and 19 innings. Most importantly, he's only walked two batters over that stretch. If he's got the control under control, he might push one of those other starting pitchers once Dallas Keuchel's ready.
1: Yeah, it's actually a really good speculative ad. Why didn't Zach Allen get called up? That's a little discouraging because Jose Arana might have to go on the IL. But hey, maybe Zach Allen will get called up. Also, you didn't hear yesterday on Team Name Tuesday, Zach Gallon Finakis. No. It's great. Why is it that even the good team names you don't like? I like some team names, like Yasmani Money, Tomas Bro. Problems. Well, now I know why you don't like the Zach Gallon fanakis team name. All right, quick round of emails here. This is Russ in Maine. Buster Posey or Yadier Molina, rest of season? yadi Let me tell you the, the most annoying stat. I actually hate this stat. Yadier Molina, before going on the IL, was batting 265. With a 690 OPS, he had four home runs. 690 OPS, and he was the number five catcher in points, number eight in Roto, because he plays all the time. So his fantasy value will be better than his actual value, and he actually had a good game yesterday in his return from the IL. Uh, This is from No Name. I really want to pick up Scott Kingery. Would you drop any of these guys for Kingery? Lorenzo Cain, Shinsu Chu, Nomar Mazzara, DJ LeMayhew, Daniel Murphy, and Joey Votto. Would you drop Kane, Chu, Mazzara, LeMayhew, Murphy, or Votto for Kingery?
0: See, the thing is, it sounds like you only have really three outfielders. I I like Kingery a lot because of the fact that he can play three different positions. The only one that I would drop for him, I think, is Mazzara.
1: Mazzara is... The, again, always the most overrated and overowned player in fantasy. He just isn't very good. I'm sorry. Chris from Salt River Fields is in a 10 team points league. Should I trade Austin Riley for Cattell Marte? I need a second baseman. Should I trade Austin Riley for Cattell Marte?
0: This is. I don't feel like you're selling high enough here. Can we aim just a little bit higher? I know Cattell Marte's been awesome. And if you need a second baseman. It's a deal that yes, I would probably do, but I do feel like we should be able to do better.
1: Okay, Chris. Uh, that was Chris. Sorry. This is from Dan. Dan. Subject line: Heath sucks in all caps. Just kidding. Got your attention. It did get my attention. Good job, dear. Snap, crackle, par, pop, and marshmallow. Marshmallow is that part of Rice Krispies? Do they have those? I now? don't know. I don't. I don't eat cereal. You don't eat cereal. You don't like ice cream. What a weirdo. What star I like ice cream. It's delicious. I know. Uh, Which starting pitcher would you trade Bellinger for, straight up? Uh, Scherzer. He already has Scherzer, because I responded to the email and said that. Anyone else?
0: I would trade Bellinger for Verlander. Garrett Cole? I would trade him for Garrett Cole. Jacob deGrom? Garrett Cole might be the end of the line for me, but I'd probably like if I was really desperate for pitching, I'd probably trade him for DeGrom.
1: All right, next email. This is by the way a very egotistical, showy show for me. So take that everybody. Uh, this is from Davin. Subject line Rank Neris. Hector Neris has been used as a full-time closer for over a month now. Azer deserves some credit cuz it was called very early on, but I also don't think it's been acknowledged on the podcast. So rank Hector Neris. Good job,
0: Adam. You were right about Hector Naris. He might get 30 saves. I am going to move him up to number 15 in my relief pitcher rankings, number 13 amongst actual relievers.
1: So Neris, I mean, I think he could be top five. If he stays the Phillies closer, he's going to be closing for a first-place team. He's great. His numbers are awesome. He is a really good pitcher. I do, do, I do worry a little bit about what happens if they get healthy. But he's been, he's been fortunate in that everybody's dropping like flies around him. But David Robertson will eventually come back. But I do think you're probably a little low on him. I'd ha-
0: well. let's just let's just go through it. Let's just go through it real okay. quick. We can do it real quick. Okay. Roberto Ozuna. No, you just stop me when uh, I. Should uh, have why don't him, I start?
1: Right why don't I start where I think he should be? You said you're going to okay. put him fifteenth. I yeah. think he should be ahead of. Felipe Vasquez, Sean Doolittle, and Ken Giles, and maybe even Kimbrell. So I think it should be more like 11 or 12.
0: Okay, you said five earlier, so
1: we'll meet in the middle. He could be top five. Yes, okay. Uh, Thank you for indulging me, Heath. This is from Bobby. Give me one reason to roster Victor Robles in a five-outfielder league. Steals aren't bountiful enough. And, Heath, I will tell you that Victor Robles is the number 53 outfielder in points league, so you definitely don't need to roster him there. You could just to stash him, but you don't need him. And he's number 47 in Roto! Because the the nine steals, the nine home runs, they're just not enough. Uh, And he's batting two thirty-six. so give me a reason to roster Robles.
0: He's still young. I still think he's a better hitter than he has shown so far. And even with not hitting as well as we expected, he's been a worthwhile starter in a five outfielder league regardless of format so i think you should own him because he's good enough to start and i expect he'll even be better he's not he's
1: not like he has to be better this is not good enough to start and now he's back batting at the bottom well, of the order
0: if you are number 47 he and hasn't there are missed 60 any time. started
1: he hasn't missed any time
0: like you're probably we're not right. far enough into the season for that argument we might if be. he plays 162 games and finishes 47 then i would listen to it
1: I mean, he's probably better than some of the outfielders I'm starting in my five outfielder league. So. Uh, and then last email, more Azer glory. Subject line, this is from Don. Mint, chocolate chip, and bananas. Hi, Adam. Thanks for the ice cream tip. Your combo is delicious. Bonus team name Tuesday, Minter, chocolate chip, and Santana. I'm telling you, mint, chocolate chip, banana is the best combo you've never had. Almost as good as scrambled eggs and strawberry jelly.
0: I'm glad we're hurrying through this section.
1: That was pretty quick. Okay, that was a quick pat on the back, and I need some time to cue up some music, Heath. So I guess what I would ask you is, if you were going to an ice cream store, what music, what... Oh, never mind, I don't care anymore about your ice cream store. I'm a big Rocky Road fan. (laughs) I don't see Rocky Road very often. You know what I'd say to Rocky Road? Welcome back, if I saw it. Uh, Here are some guys who are coming back, Heath. Justin Upton could be back very soon. He's 81% off. Needs to be owned everywhere. Justin Upton and Giancarlo Stanton and Aaron Judge also could be back very soon. So that's three outfielders. Uh, They could be back next week, both Stanton and Judge. I'm just going to leave this on in the background. Uh, D Gordon's back. He batted eighth. Malik Smith led off. We'll keep an eye on that. And
0: got two more hits and stole his 17th base. Add him, please, so I can stop saying it.
1: J.P. Crawford could be back this weekend for Seattle. Yadier Molina's back. Come back. Trevor Williams is going to begin a rehab assignment tomorrow. He's not bad. Let's see his ownership percentage Trevor Williams. What do you what do you think it is? What do you think it should be and what do you think it is? Trevor Williams.
0: I think it should be 67% and I think it is
1: 38%. Okay, let's find out. Drum roll please. Oh my. Are you serious? What? Did you
0: cheat? I did not cheat it at all, I promise. I cheat a lot. This is not one of the times I
1: cheated. It. you were wrong about what it is, but he is actually owed at 67% of leagues. So that's Okay, good.
0: so that's accurate. That's
1: what he should be. Yolish seed will likely start on Monday for Milwaukee. Uh, you don't need him. Buster Posey should be back today. Matt Adams should be back today. Mike Clevenger. This song starting to annoy me. Uh, Mike Clevenger hit 99 miles per hour during his rehab start. He's going to be back very soon. Yep. He was awesome in very small sample size, and he's been good now two years in a row. Is Mike Clevenger going to be a top 10 starting pitcher for you?
0: No. No, no. He will be a top 20 starting pitcher for sure. The, the question will be, how do I rank him in relation to Trevor Bauer?
1: Yeah, exactly. What's the answer?
0: Well, I don't have to make that decision yet. I'd like to see how his next rehab starts. You no. Know. I, he'll probably be right behind Trevor Bauer, depending on Trevor Bauer's next start.
1: Uh, who's And you still have Bieber ranked ahead of Bauer?
0: Uh, currently, it's Bieber. Like, he's not going to be in my top 15, I'll say. No, that's not true, because James Paxton's probably falling behind those guys. Um, so he's probably going to be somewhere in the Bieber, Castillo, Barrios, Bauer range.
1: Which is in the 15 to 20 range. Yeah. Okay. And uh, Jose Altuve and George Springer should begin rehab assignments this weekend. And when they come back, we'll play the welcome back music again. All right. Uh, double dongs yesterday. Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon is unbelievable. He's the number four third baseman in both formats. But in terms of fantasy points per game, and that's his better format. 4.52 fantasy points per game. No one Aronado is your number one third baseman. Arenado is averaging 4.23 fantasy points per game. If I were drafting again today, Anthony Rendon, for me, is without question a first-round pick in points leagues and probably a second-round pick in roto leagues. What do you think about that?
0: Yeah, I think he's right there. Like, you could make the argument for him over Bregman or Arenado. I would still have Bregman and Arenado ahead of him, but he's right there.
1: Max Muncy has been really good. Top 10 first baseman, top 10 third baseman, top 5 second baseman, eligible at all three positions. He homered twice yesterday. He's backing up what he did last year, Max Muncy.
0: I love that after today in the top five of my second base rankings will be Mike Moustakis and Max Muncy because they are both just the the picture of what you view a second baseman being.
1: It's pretty funny. Uh, But, yeah, the versatility is nice for Muncy, and he hits lefties better than he hits righties. That's one thing about him. They were sitting him against lefties last year. There's no need to do it. They're not doing it. He's playing every day. And Brian McCann homered twice yesterday, and we can probably ignore this. He's got good numbers this year, but he just doesn't play enough. If McCann overtakes Tyler Flowers and plays, let's say four out of six games or something, then he might be. He, he's he's a top. I think he's the number twenty-one catcher in fantasy. He might be like you top can use
0: 50. him in two catcher leagues. I picked him up in our twenty-four team dynasty league when McCann went on the or when Posey went on the IL and started in this week. So I was happy about the double dong.
1: I'm gonna skip the hot hitters segment and go just to pitch Eli Just say Eloy. Eloy has been very good. Three homers in his last four games. And when he homers, he crushes it. Not like that Jordan Alvarez. And David Bodie. Yeah, but he sat. I mean, that's the thing about Bodie. He did sit. Um, He's had a great week. If he he gets zero stats the rest of the week, it will not have been a great week.
0: If he gets zero stats the rest of the week, then I'll do something stupid on the podcast.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, Rotation. Okay, let's do some rankings. Castillo, Bauer, they went head-to-head yesterday. Bauer walked five guys, but he only threw 118 pitches. (sighs) Tanaka, Paddock. I wouldn't
0: want to start him in his next start. Seriously? I'm going to look right now, but I do not think, and I brought up the 115 thing earlier. I believe his last outing wasn't that many pitches, right?
1: It was at least 107. He throws 107 every time. By the way, I'm not sure about that, so please confirm. But I'm pretty sure it was like 107 or more.
0: No, his last one was 119.
1: He always does. They never take him out. They never take him out. It's insane. Uh, All right, Castillo, Bauer are going to be one and two. Who do you like better? Castillo. Next up, Tanaka, Chris Paddock, and Brad Peacock. How would you rank Tanaka, Paddock, and Peacock?
0: We're going to go with a points ranking so that we can get the full value of Peacock, and I will go Paddock, Peacock, Tanaka. And I think I might still have Peacock ahead of Tanaka in, in Roto leagues, but it's very, very close for those two. Paddock, I still have a little bit ahead of those two.
1: I'm getting kind of frustrated and losing confidence in Chris Paddock.
0: Yeah, I, I think that... I mean. He's settled back down. He's not going to be great in points leagues because he's not going to give you a ton of innings.
1: So, why would you rank him uh, ahead of Tanaka?
0: Um, have you seen Masahiro Tanaka? Like, there was one time where I really was wrong on Masahiro Tanaka and he had been really good for like three starts in a row. Have you seen the rest of his season?
1: Yeah, look. Uh, okay, so look at his overall numbers. He has a 358 ERA and a 118 whip. He's four and five. I
0: assume those are both worse than Pettic.
1: Oh, they are. They are for sure. Uh, in terms of strikeouts, though, let's see. 74 strikeouts in 83 innings. Paddock has 72 strikeouts in 65 and two-thirds. Interesting.
0: He's he's given up 14 runs in his last 18 innings. Tanaka.
1: Yeah, so there's one thing with Tanaka. It's, it's now kind of well-documented. His splitter's been bad this year, and that's weird. So, look, I, I, Scott, like a couple months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, we talked about Brad Peacock who would, had been struggling. And Scott said his slider hasn't been good. He's worried. I said, well, look, if his slider was so good last year and it hasn't been good this year so far, what's going to happen if Peacock finds the slider? Because like he wasn't that bad. So if he finds a slider, he's going to be really good. Lo and behold, he's been very good. If Tanaka finds his splitter, which has been his bread and butter his entire career, he's going to be pretty good. Um and I just think there's more longevity with him than Paddock. Paddock is showing some really troubling trends to me.
0: Yes, but during the time that he's showing those trends, he's still been better than Tanaka over that stretch. Well,
1: Tanaka's having his worst stretch. So it, is Paddock. Yes, yes. But I feel like, I guess maybe I I'm know buying we're, the... We're
0: downgrading like, Paddock because he's not going to throw 200 innings and he's probably not going to throw 180 innings. Tanaka's thrown 180 innings once in his career.
1: Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Okay. Paddock is 47th in points, 23rd in Roto, by the way, at starting pitcher. Uh, Fringy starting pitchers. Should we be adding these guys? Spencer Turnbull. Why is he only 67% out? Especially with his two starts this week against Kansas City and Cleveland. And next week he's at Cleveland. Spencer Turnbull. John Duplantier was bad. Peter Lambert was all right. Uh, Five innings, one run, three strikeouts against the Cubs at home. Dakota Hudson. The most ground balls in baseball, the highest ground ball rate, Dakota Hudson, 66% owned. Last eight starts, he's got a two forty ERA. He will hurt your whip. Keep that in mind. Uh Mike Leek, John Means, Mike Fires. Turnbull, Duplantier, Lambert, Hudson, Leek, Means, Fires. Anyone you like there?
0: Turnbull definitely needs to be owned in more leagues than he does. I still have questions about whether he's going to be anywhere close to as good as he has been. He, But he has been awesome against the Royals, and he'll get to pitch against them a few more times. He'll be very good, I, I would assume. Yeah, The problem is he doesn't get to face the Tigers, and the Twins are good. And we don't know about the Indians anymore. Yeah. He, Turnbull's a top 60 starting pitcher. What about me? I will move Dakota Hudson into my top 75. And Mike Leak... I started him in two leagues because he was a two start pitcher and because he'd been pitching deeper into games. I think he's someone that you like you should have you probably used him this week and next week against Baltimore, you should probably use him.
1: Okay. He Mike Leek though can really kill you because he's given up twenty home runs this year. What about John Means? Fifty eight percent owned. His numbers are, are pretty similar to Turnbull's, I'd say.
0: Yes. I I think Turnbull might be I think Means has actually been a little better than Turnbull. Um but I think Turnbull has more long-term staying power slash upside. I do think Means is overlooked at 58%. It should probably be around 70 He is going to be in that Dakota Hudson range for me where he's not quite a top 60 starting pitcher, but he's definitely in the top 75.
1: Bullpen stuff. Michael Gibbons got a save. He has two saves in his last three appearances spanning eight days for the Orioles. Jose LeClerc, I mean, look, I, I just I don't know what to say anymore. It's three bad, bad. outings in a row. He looked so good before that. He should
0: go in the maybe he sucks section.
1: And Maybe we need to give uh, Sean Kelly a little more love because because like the Rangers are like six games over five hundred or something, so they are good at least right now. And if Kelly's the closer, then then he should be owned. Uh, Jalen Beeks is a bullpen option, but he's not a closer. But he might be able to help you with ratios. He's got 5-0, and Jalen Beeks, with a 255 ERA. He's good. He is. And, you know, when you don't... When, he's always used with an opener. He doesn't start. That actually makes it, I don't know about easier, but maybe easier to get a win.
0: It makes it impossible to get a quality start and easier to get a win. Yes.
1: Trevor May got a save for Minnesota, but Taylor Rogers was unavailable. I think Blake Parker was available, though. And Ian Kennedy, we already mentioned, he has five saves. He actually has pretty good numbers other than his ERA, which is 371. <laughs> the whip is bad, too. But the walk-to-strikeout ratio is spectacular. So I, I think he's probably better than those numbers as a reliever. If we take a look at deep leagues, Jason Vargas. Yeah. He's got three straight quality starts, I believe. I don't know how he's doing it, but I'm not interested in Vargas. Vargas. Uh, Ariel, I, He's yeah, at
0: the Reds this week, and he faces the White Sox next week. I would not be surprised if he's good in his next two starts.
1: Jason Vargas?
0: I no, had... that was your—never uh, mind. I was reading the, I was reading your notes, but I read the wrong picture. I missed the name in between. Yeah, he's at the Braves this week. He's going to be awful.
1: Uh, I, I think Jason Vargas has two starts next week, at the Braves and at the Cubs. He would probably be Yeah, awful. there you go. Ariel Jurado go. is the guy that Heath was trying to talk about. At Cincinnati this weekend, the White Sox next week. Gerardo has a 302 ERA. Not a lot of strikeouts, but four straight quality starts. They've come at the Angels against the Royals, against the Orioles, but last night at Boston and 18 strikeouts and 18 innings in his last three starts. So Gerardo, 25% on.
0: He's interesting in a deep league sense. At 25% own he's owned in a lot of deep leagues. But I wouldn't be upset if his ownership was as high as 40%. I don't think he's actually got like, oh, you're going to own him in a standard 12-team league in anything other than a two-start week upside. But he could be very useful in AL only or 15-team league.
1: And Carson Kelly. He started just three of the last six games for Arizona after starting three consecutive games a couple of weeks ago. He's 18% owned. He's obviously the best hitting catcher for Arizona. His slash line is really good. He has an 858 OPS, 18% owned Carson Kelly.
0: Do you think that Carson Kelly leads um, baseball in times he was mentioned on this podcast divided by number of fantasy points he scored? (laughs) You think I talk about him too much? Not too much, but more... Like relative to the number of fantasy points he has scored, I think probably more
1: than any other player. Maybe. Maybe Joey Votto. Uh Kelly. <laughs> I just look Kelly was a, a catching prospect. Right. If he plays every day, like he he could be top five catcher. So nah, that's that's but pull hard the reins be, back on that. How hard just is it to a be a bit. top five catcher? That's it? That? Uh, how hard is it to be a top five catcher? When I said he plays very, every day... It's very, very
0: hard to be a top five catcher. There are five very good
1: catchers. All right, top eight. So when I say plays every day, he's not going to play every day, but like catcher every day. <laughs> right. And Kevin Newman is a, is leading off for the Pirates now, and he's batting three ten. There is absolutely nothing else except for some batting average. Two homers, two steals in 40 games. But Kevin Newman is a name we haven't said, and now we have. I'll have to say his name about 100 more times to give him that ratio of... Uh, mentions to fantasy points that would exceed Carson Kelly's. All right, we're out of here. We'll be back on Thursday with some fantasy regulators for sure. And um, I don't know. I'll figure something else out. See you later, everybody. We'll talk to you Thursday.